This podcast is brought to you by the Kansas Hospital Association. Well, good day, everyone. This is Steve Pogue, and I'm with the Kansas Hospital Association, and I also serve as the CEO for the Kansas Health Service Corporation. And I'm glad to bring you this podcast today, and we're going to talk about uh, chronic care management programs. And with me, I have John Michael Carter. Uh, He leads Chartspan as the CEO and co-founder. Chartspan is the largest managed service provider of chronic care management programs in the United States. The company manages patient care coordination and value-based programs for more than 100 of the most successful practices and health systems in the United States. In 2015, Chartspan was chosen as one of the top 10 most innovative companies in America. In 2018, Chartspan became the nation's largest managed provider of managed care coordination services. We're so glad to have John Michael Carter here with us today. So let me just ask you to start with, what is CCM and how does it work exactly? Steve, it's a treat to be here. Uh, CCM is an acronym for chronic care management and chronic care management has a lot of applications, right? When you say CCM, it's kind of like population health. What exactly do you mean by that? So when you say CCM or when I say CCM, what we're talking about is the Medicare program called chronic care management. It is a program that provides virtual care to patients each month. So our job is to act as an extension of the provider. Our job is to reach out to the patient each month at the patient's convenience and make sure they're following the care instructions that their provider has put in place, to make sure they're taking their medications, to make sure they're going to their appointments. And if you'll do that, Medicare will pay you a per month per patient fee, fee for service. But what also happens is you're reducing costs. So if you have at-risk payer plans, if you're in an ACO, if you have a shared savings plan, you also achieve shared savings. At the end of the year, when they reconcile costs, because this program is incredibly effective at reducing those costs. So obviously it's a Medicare program and there is a, a fee that they're paying. So I've heard recently maybe of a change in that RVU that's happened, maybe as of January 1. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, a dramatic change, Steve. What happened was CMS, Medicare, had, frankly had become frustrated at the lack of utilization of these programs. It sounds good in theory, but these programs are really operationally complex to run and providers are busy. They don't have time. And they certainly don't want to invest a lot of money in a program to to see if it works. Yet, for those patients that are in the program, this is the most successful value-based care program based on claims data Medicare has ever run. So the big winner in this program are taxpayers and Medicare. So Medicare wants more rapid adoption among providers for this program, yet they couldn't get that adoption because the program's so complex to run. So what they did is they put a big new carrot in front of providers and they increased the RVU reimbursement as of January 1st of this year by 55%. We went back and checked. We could not find a single traditional E&M encounter that had seen that large of a year-over-year increase in, in at least a decade. So the message is clear from CMS. They want providers standing up CCM programs, and it's no secret why. CMS is seeing enormous cost savings when you do. 
So I've talked to a few hospitals and they have heard of CCM. In fact, some of them have said, hey, we've tried to launch that. We hired a staff person who was going to be that person for us. Uh, then the pandemic hit. We started taking that person off of CCM and doing other things just to manage all of what COVID was offering. So tell us a little bit about how Chartspan comes in and implements that like on behalf of a hospital. Yeah, that narrative you talked about is one I hear all the time. I've, I've met with hundreds of health systems and I've never met with one that ever achieved their expected volume, the level of profitability. And again, that's part of why there's been an adoption problem. Here's why, Steve. Everybody thinks about chronic care management and all they think about is the clinical delivery of the service. Now, most health systems or practices or a single provider out in Western Kansas, they can do that. They're good at it, right? That's what they do is they deliver clinical services. That's not the hard part of running one of these programs. The hard part has to do with getting patients engaged, enrolled, and consented and active in the program. Here's what I mean you have about 80% of your Medicare patient panel that has a copay. So you've got to go in and manage the data around that. So you've got to identify the patients, you've got to do eligibility verification, right? And even once a patient is eligible, the worst thing you could do is to try to consent them. The, the next thing you've got to do is educate them, right? You've got to compel them because 80% of them have a copay and they have to agree to pay the copay every month to be in this program. So they need to hear about value. They need to know about convenience. They have to be compelled to be in the program. This is all administrative work that has no reimbursement from CMS. This is before you ever get to the clinical encounter. And, and here's something that makes it even more complicated. Inherent in any Medicare program is something called patient churn. Every day, 11,000 patients churn into Medicare. Every day, 6,500 churn out of Medicare. You better master churn because while that, those gross numbers may not be applicable to your health system or your small practice, the ratio is you have that percentage of patients coming in and leaving Medicare every day. So enrollment is not a one-time event. Enrollment goes on every day, every week, every month. So you need a data team, an eligibility verification team, a patient education and marketing team, an enrollment team. By the way, the worst people to enroll these patients are clinicians. I know. I spent two years trying to do it. You ever ask a, a, a physician or a provider to go solicit a patient, explain their copay information? <laughs> it's just, that's like asking an enrollment specialist who are separate folks to go practice medicine. It's, you know, it's, it, and it's awkward, it's uncomfortable, and it's not what, you know, physicians went to school to do. So there's this whole administrative burden around getting patients in the program and then the churn that, that's inherent in these programs, and that's really hard. So the best intentioned health systems or providers go, well, I've got a thousand patients. I'm going to get a thousand patients enrolled in this program. And then six months later, they have, you know, 20 <laughs> and they're disappointed. And that's generally what we see. So, and again, without apology, this is self-serving. 
my company, Chartspan, is really good at managing that complex operational process. We're good at the churn. We don't care what EHR. We go in, pull that data. We reconcile it. We do all the eligibility and demographic reconciliation. We do all the patient marketing and education. We do all the enrollment. And then we generally deliver the clinical service as well, because frankly, most providers are pretty busy. And while they can deliver the clinical service, they don't have a an army of clinicians sitting around doing nothing who could just all of a sudden begin to, to run this program. And what's great about this program for non-complex chronic conditions, which is essentially nearly 99% of, of all the opportunity, you can do it under general supervision incident too, which means you can have a, a group of qualified clinicians like Chartspan deliver the service for your patients. So it sounds like you have a pretty turnkey approach. So obviously it sounds to me like there'd be like some upfront costs or some uh, monthly fees that folks would have to pay to chart span to make this happen. Is that, how do you, how do you make money and how does the hospital make money while still providing that quality service to their patients? Thoughtful question. No, there are no upfront fees with us. We only get paid for performance. So I'll, I'll be, I'll shoot straight with you. It usually costs me somewhere between 40 to 50,000 to get a new customer launch. That's because I do all the posters, patient education. I do all the marketing to the patients. I do all the training. You know, all, all, I, I connect the data pipes. I do all of that for a customer. The customer pays nothing for that. What, what they do pay for is when we successfully deliver a clinical encounter each month, I take a percentage of the revenue that's earned by the provider. Now, I don't get in the way between the provider and Medicare. I want the provider to bill the Medicare for, for the service, but I automate that whole process down to the billing so that the billers aren't having to enter E&M encounters one by one, but it's just automated. So the biller can come in and hit select all submit and send all of those patients in which clinical services were provided in literally seconds to the clearinghouse. So it's a pay for performance model. Uh, it's one in which um, got a whole lot more attractive to providers and health systems because of what we just talked about, that big RVU increase. The specific amount for a traditional practice, whether it be primary care or specialty care is around $66 per patient per month. My fees are right around $36. So about half and half. I do all the work. I take the risk. If there's a margin squeeze, it's on me because I've got all the labor that's involved in that. So it gets really interesting as you think about the potential profit that can be generated by a provider uh, or a practice. And, and the last thing I'll say about that, the reimbursement is actually higher for FQHCs and RHCs. That reimbursement is about $81 per patient per month. It's one of the reasons why we've seen enormous interest in RHCs and FQHCs. As you know, Steve, they struggle financially, and, and this is a, a really high margin opportunity for them. Well, we certainly have a lot of rural health clinics in Kansas, so this sounds like a great opportunity for them. So I think as a follow-up question, you, we talked, we maybe got too far ahead of ourselves a little bit, but so what does it take for a patient to be eligible to be part of a CCM? You have to have two or more chronic conditions. Now, what's interesting is if you look at the CMS chronic care database, that's more than 10,000 eligible conditions. Medicare has said many times that about three out of four patients are eligible for the program. And this is really important to delineate. This is not about taking high acuity patients who already have become high utilizers and putting them in this program. That's called case management. 
something very different. That's not what we do. Our job is to take low risk patients or rising risk patients before they become high utilizers because the program has failed them if they're already in the hospital or having expensive procedures. And what the claims data shows us is when you will focus on those patients, you have a dramatic level of success in preventing their migration to high acuity. Okay. So obviously you're developing a lot of data as you're doing encounters with patients. Um, how does that get into like an EMR? I mean, that's a, you know, that's an important piece for hospitals to make sure that all the uh, encounters are being part of the health record of each patient. How does that happen? And, and really it goes both ways, right? You need bi-directional data because think about what happens. The patient comes to see the provider, the provider logs all of that in the patient records in their EHR, whether it's Epic, McKesson, Cerner, Athena, eClinical Works, we're indifferent as to what EHR you use. So I need that data because I need to know everything about that patient. I need to know what the doctor's care instructions are for that patient. And conversely, once I have an encounter with a patient, I need to push that data back into the EHR so the provider has access to it. And that's exactly what we do when we onboard a new customer. We set up a structured data feed bi-directionally that allows me to pull what's called a CCDA or the, the healthcare record out of the EHR. And then I push what's called a PHS or a patient health summary that looks a lot like that CCDA directly back into the EHR that data lands wherever the customer wants. Some customers want it as an attachment to the patient record. Some customers may want it in a folder. Some may want it as discrete data. We really customize it based on what that particular health system or that practice uh, wants. Well, this has been a great update. I know we have hospitals out there that are part of different uh, healthcare collaboratives across our state that are have looked at CCM from a uh, patient you know, access and patient improvement standpoint. Um, but obviously this can be a financial benefit as well uh, if it's done, done well. And so um, anything else you wanna add about how uh, Chartspan is helping in this area? Uh, you know, one thing I would offer, because I think the people that are listening to this podcast may be people who have to make decisions about whether they wanna launch a program. There are three important operational metrics that unless you have somebody sitting next to you who've done this before, you should always ask yourselves if you're gonna do it yourself or any vendor, which is what is our patient conversion enrollment percentage? So you may have a thousand patients, but historically, what has that vendor or what have you enrolled in a program? That's not often something that vendors want to talk about, but it's a question you should ask. What is your enrollment conversion percentage? The second metric is what is your net patient churn? Remember what I said about the 11,000 in, 6,500 out every month? What's your churn? Once you get a patient in the program, are you keeping patients in the program? Are you increasing the number of patients in the program or is it decreasing? One of the dirty little secrets about chronic care management, when you look at the claims data, is the industry is averaging negative net patient churn. So again, you're getting patients in, but they're not keeping patients in the program. Find out what the historical net patient churn is. And then the third and final operational metric that's really important to your success is what is your patient satisfaction scores? So when patients are in the program, 
What are they saying about the program? What ratings are they giving the program? And make sure you understand that. That'll tell you whether or not your partner knows what they're doing, has a track record of success, and understands how to execute this really operationally complex program. Well, John Michael, thank you for your time today. Um, I, it's been very informative. We might be able to probably fill up another podcast if we needed to with uh, what's going on in CCM. Um, and as we're launching in Kansas, we may have some success stories to share as well. So. I know if uh, we're working here with a local person that's working with uh, launching this in Kansas, uh, Chris Miller is the staff person that, that uh, we would have people call. Uh, his number is 816-588-4650 if people want to have maybe a follow-up. I don't know if there's anything else you want to provide in terms of contact information, but... Um, the only thing I would add, you know, Steve, this partnership's fairly new. You vetted uh, us and we were honored and thrilled that that um, you partnered with us and and... Uh, we're beginning to see a lot of momentum in Kansas uh, all over the state. So we're thrilled for that. The only thing I would offer is if you want to learn more, you can go to chartspan.com. Uh, there's always a live person that manages the little chat box in the right-hand corner. And uh, we're happy to respond and, and react if you have questions or want to have a conversation. Well, again, thanks for your time today. And thanks, everybody, for listening. For more information on Kansas health issues, go to kha-net.org.